Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 231 of the Player Player Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to the both old and new additions to our crew tuning in to listen to us do what we do. And what is that, Arsene? Talk about video games. Talk about video games. Every Thursday of every week, we gather around the virtual water cooler to discuss video games and the culture surrounding them. I'm your host, Joseph Hooper, a.k.a. The Hoop Man, along with my co-host, the head on my side, my backside, Arsene Lapa. Yes, it is I, the head on your backside. Free me for once. It's very oh. stuffy in here. I see. So you went with the. Uh, you went with the. Did you go with the Voldemort? I was trying approach? to go Voldemort, but I didn't fully remember the accent. I couldn't, you know, fully okay. draw that from the memory bank. Because I was doing a Mamir reference. Oh, that makes a lot more sense <laughs> for <laughs> what we're talking about. I don't know. Okay. My mind just went straight to Voldemort. <laughs> I was did you say on the back there? of your head or the back of your hip? That's a. The head on my backside. So I guess you head can, on your backside. Okay, backside okay. isn't. Nah, that was on. But, that was on my. That was on me. Was on okay, me. okay. And joining us today, we have the nicest guy on this side of the microphone, a pizza extraordinaire, the one, the only, Luke Lewis from Lukewarm's Games. How you doing, my friend? Yeah. What's Woo! up, y'all? Happy to be here. How we doing? Yeah, we're doing well. We're glad to have you. Vibing. Here. Heck yeah! But before we go any further into the discussion. I want to tell everybody that that's listening. This is the long-awaited, long-promised God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. So this is going to be different than pretty much any other episode we've done on the channel or on the, what is this, on the pod, on the podcast on the pod. thus far. Yeah. It's not the, not, I guess it's kind of like a channel. Anyways, uh, basically, there's no pre-show. There's no, you know, chopping it up. We're going to get right into spoilers so you guys can come back and listen to this whenever you feel ready, whenever you beat the game, whenever you want to talk about all the crazy, just crazy nonsense that occurred over in the uh, nine realms in this game. So here's your warning. Please leave. Uh, We're going to get right into spoilers. Um, See you in a little bit. Okay. Now for the people that are staying, just remember, if you want to help support the show, all that information is in the description of the episode. We have a link to our Kofi to help support hosting costs. If you don't want to help monetarily, that is fine. Go ahead and subscribe to the show so we can be on your Spotify wrap next year. That would be very nice. That'd be, we'd very appreciate that. Or your iTunes Raptor, whatever that iTunes knockoff is, we'll take that as well. <laughs> Honestly, like either way works. Um, we also would love if you came and joined the Discord, chopped it up, um, and honestly just had a good time with us so now that that's all out of the way it's time to talk about it god of war ragnarok the game has only been out for about a month we've all beaten it we've all you know played unreasonable levels of hours (laughs) of this game within the time span that we've had it um where should we start like what let's 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 start here right i want to talk to you guys about what was one of the craziest moments for you like playing this game what was, let's name a moment and, you know, gloves are off. We can talk about any moment in the game. What was one moment where you're like, all right, okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're on the next level here. Um, Luke, you just finished the game. So I want to, I want to hear what's fresh on your mind. What is that moment that comes to you? Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. Like you said, fresh. I, I finished it last night. I, I did my homework. I'm ready to discuss. Um, I think the one moment that there's a ton of moments in this game that were like, holy shit, that's crazy um, to unpack. But the moment where 
Tyr turns out to be Odin and then stabs oh, Brock. Okay. That whole sequence was like very surprising to me. And I thought that was a pretty bold move and, you know, definitely affected the rest of the game. But that was like a holy shit moment. This affects the whole story. Like I really liked Tyr as a character and thought he was really compelling. And then so to know that there was this like other angle going on the whole time, like that whole thing, like I, I was pretty blown away with that one. So, yeah, let's break that down, right? So, you know, if there are people that have, for whatever reason, not played this game and are still, you know, excited to hear what our spoiler talk is, essentially what's going on is throughout the game, it's all about, hey, we have to stop Odin. This dude is shady. This dude is tricky. He seems like a pretty okay guy on the surface. Whenever you interact with him, he's not doing anything crazy sinister, but all the stories you hear about him throughout the game and just everything they build him up to be is like the most vile, despicable monster you can imagine. Um, meanwhile, you have Tyr, who is in your, who is a Norse god of war. Um, he's been locked away by Odin, and you rescue him really early in the game. And he is kind of like one of your uh, counsels throughout the game, basically giving you some at, some insight. I mean, honestly, he was useless most of the game, to be honest. Like, <laughs> didn't do a damn thing. But he's kind of there for counsel to, to guide you and, and feel, figure out how you can take down Odin. Until, that is, at the very end of the game, when it's time to, to go and storm uh, uh, Asgard, Tyr is about to dip. He's like, hey, let's go. You know, we got this mask piece. Like, maybe let's go take it to Odin or we'll figure it out. He was like, I have a backdoor entrance into Asgard. Like, I'll lead the way. I'm going to fight all of a sudden. And it was like, what the fuck? What what are you talking about? Yeah. That was writing. Yeah. And and, uh, our old boy uh, Brock is like, wait a second. What what is this dude talking? Everything is just happening so fast. And all of a sudden... (laughs) Brock gets shanked. Uh, Tyr now is Odin. Odin's in the room, and just insanity is breaking loose because Odin was Tyr all along. Uh, before we go any further, Arsene, what did you think about the flip, the Tyr flip? I honestly, I think I, I definitely didn't see it coming. You know, leading up to the events, but right when I think I was starting to feel the same feelings that Brock was feeling in that moment. Yep. Because like you know, he stands up, he's talking about leading his way into Asgard. I'm like, is Tyr a double agent? Is he still working for Odin? Like you know, I, I think I started to pull put some pieces together, but I really mm-hmm. never in a million years would have thought that Odin himself was on some you know shapeshifter bullshit. I did not know he was coming <laughs> in like that. Just completely imitating people or not imitating, but completely, you know, replacing people, um, mm-hmm. which does bring up a question before you sure, get to that, that I, question. Before okay, you get yeah, to let, the let's, question. I'll let y'all go. Uh, I have a question regarding the situation. Okay. Luke, what was your reaction? Like, what was your thought process seeing that all go down? Were you similar to Arsene where you were putting it together? Like I was suspicious, but I, yeah, similar to Arsene. I just didn't think, I didn't think Odin was involved. That was just like, the shape-shifting mm. element was just kind of wild and like like I said it just affected like I was like oh shit that affects everything up until this point in my mind so it just really like changed mm-hmm. up like the perception of the whole game I had up until that moment mm-hmm. and yeah to make that change so late in the game I was just I was really surprised and I thought it was a really like clever piece of writing cuz I feel like in this day and age with the internet we don't get a ton of those like genuine shock moments in st- mm-hmm. narratives so it, it was cool to have like a 
a genuine surprise that, like we said, we didn't see coming at all. Yeah, I think I I have to say, I don't know what was going on. I would, maybe was not paying enough attention. I was shocked. <laughs> I didn't. I was I was confused. I was still confused when the flip happened. Odin dipped out, and we were like on the we were in the travel portal going to like do whatever else. I was still confused. I was thinking about, it. I'm yep. like, so was <laughs> yes. he, I'm like, where's the whole time I was thinking, where's tier? Like, so, yeah. cause in my head I was thinking, Oh, he just replaced tier for that moment <laughs> for that one. He, he locked him away. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The real tier was around the whole time. And then Odin, I think that was my, my that. like initial thought too. And then like, as we kept playing, it was like, Oh, Nope, that's not, that's not what's up here. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, I remember that scene being very pandemonious. I don't know if that's a word, but just like there was just so much going on where everybody was adding their two cents. Everybody was suggesting this, that push. So honestly, me, my dumb ass, we would have lost that fight, bro. Because Tyr was (laughs) like, hey, I got a back door. And I'm like, oh, he has a back door. That makes perfect sense. He he lived there. Of course he has a back door. So I'm like, all right. He was kind of hustling, so I was like, oh, this is weird how we're all kind of moving. And then Brock was questioning him, and I was looking at Brock like, what's your yeah. problem, bro? Why are you getting so worked up? Like, this is our boy. And then yeah, he we gets gotta go to Asgard, man. Like, we got to run into the biggest battle of our lives without planning anything. We just got to go. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, this has to be fake, bro. Like, what is going on? So that was definitely one of those. I honestly think though, that it did not hit me as hard as it probably should have because mm-hmm. I was just so confused <laughs> during the moment because I just was like waiting to wake up. You know, it was kind of that like mm-hmm. for, I feel like in a lot of media recently, there have been character deaths. There have been a lot of stuff going on. And it's kind of just like, I'm been, I've been trained to wake, have the wake up moment where it's like, all right, was this your dream like we're back we're, we're everything's grounded and i was waiting for a long time like yeah somebody sure. will sort this out never came that was <laughs> that was a wild moment so arsene what was your question my question so he is i, I guess i kind of know the answer to this but you know we've established the fact that tear is odin uh mm-hmm. or you know odin is tear the whole time whatever if that is the case you know I just want to know a little bit more about the mechanics of this, you know, this metamorphosis because, you know, on mm-hmm. the day tier is tier quote unquote is living full time with the dwarves is every mm-hmm. time that he tier says, Oh, I'm going to, you know, go to sleep. That's mm-hmm. the only time where he gets to go back and be Odin. Like, yeah, I'm I just think- thinking like, it was like timeline wise, like shouldn't Odin be Odin is a whole, you know, king of an entire yeah. kingdom. He's mm-hmm. got a, an entire busy schedule doing X, Y, and Z. And so then he has to take a six-hour shift to go exist as Tyr. In- I kind of feel like he can, like, set it and forget it. Like, he's powerful enough set it, to be, like, it. set it on, set Tyr on autopilot. autopilot. Like, go to okay. sleep, go eat your meal, just, like, be in the room. And then we, he'll come mm-hmm. in for, like, the warm table meeting, dinner conversations yeah. and things like that to know what's up. That would be my, yeah, my, my guess. Th- and like, you're right that it is kind of a plot hole because it isn't like outright explained. But the fact that he can yeah. like essentially control everything, he has eyes and ears everywhere with his ravens. Like mm-hmm. he can probably make some twisted magic to like manipulate this shape shifting body. Right, right. 
Yeah, I think. But maybe I just uh, enjoyed it so much that I'm like very quick to like explain <laughs> away. <laughs> hey, you're ready. Defend it. I got you. No I worries. Th- I think in like the, uh, I think in like the God of War spoiler cast that kind of funny did the director was basically like, yeah, like anytime you see him, he's out there, he's talking with you guys. But otherwise, when you're not there, he he really has no reason to be out there. So when he goes back into this broom closet, he's out of there. He's teleported back Mm. to his thing. So um, I don't think that Tyr is spending six hours a day with the doors because the doors are also not home. Most of the time, right? Because when you're true. out, the doors are... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because they're, like, teleporting around wherever yeah. Kratos and Atreus right, are. Right, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, mm, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I, I can buy that. He pulled it out, yeah. Um, also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot once again. I'm going to let you guys continue. Arsene, tell me your favorite biggest surprise moment while I step away for a second. Okay, um, you know, I'm actually going to cheat a little bit. Uh, I'm going to start with my first favorite moment. And then I, I do have a second one, but, you know, I think this is a perfect little pivot moment sure. uh, point to bring up. The intro fight that we have with Thor. Dude, that, yeah. Man, mm-hmm. let me tell you, that's what I call a god dang video game intro. And I think that, you know, anybody who's played Ragnarok, you already know what I'm going to say. It's a phenomenal introduction to the game. You're still, and it it feels, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe the fight. You almost, it feels raw in a way. You know, there's parts of the fight where you don't even have your main weapon. You're just, you know, let's say, okay, this game is what? Uh, Four years after the original God of War remake, you're still, you know, a little groggy on some of the controls. And all of a sudden you're having to fight the God of Thunder who's supposed to be, like, literally Odin's, like, you know, number one hitman, his number one fighter, right. his number one dude, basically his right-hand man. And you're up here, and you have to just literally, you have to win the fight, basically. And I thought that that was just an insane situation to be put in right off the bat. And it really did, it felt, I guess epic is the best way to describe it. Especially, yeah, sure. especially the part where you're mashing circle, he's got the hammer, like up against your face and you're, you're trying to fight uh, for control of the hammer and he knocks you out, instantly kills you, quote unquote, kills you. You get that sent to the game over awesome. screen yeah. and then Thor starts talking during the game over screen and says, oh, no, 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 we're not done yet. They just don't make games like that. They, they just don't. Who else is doing it like God of War, bro? Who else is doing it like Santa Monica, bro? This That was insane i can't like i need every video game. i mean obviously it would get stale but i wish every video game would have a fight in which you have a scripted death and then you come back in the middle of the fight that's what i yeah, I, I think scripted deaths are one thing where then okay it's like oh maybe your character gets defeated and you have to go home keep me in the fight i want to be brought back to life that <laughs> shit was so clean i loved it so that one is my yeah that was awesome i'd say my second favorite uh oh moment of the game and oh. i do have one more that you know if we oh, okay. uh loop up, if we look back around we'll probably somebody else will probably first mention it first. okay yeah so. i want to talk about that moment real quick i think that i mean that really you know we talked about this i think on the pod leading up to the game how are we gonna like one up the stranger fight stranger fight was like mm-hmm. one of the most epic openings to a game ever and i was like there's no way they can capture this magic again they're gonna have to just figure out a different way to blow us away and they actually did one up it it was crazy and i think what helped it out was 
the calm before the storm that they set up where I was going to say like, that like the lead up to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have so many parallels from the first game where you're going out, you're, you're like doing this hunt, not to mention that Atreus is a bear, a full on shape shifting bear. And that you're kind of like, wait a second, like what, what is going on? And you have that kind of big moment and that kind of like go out with my son moment, come back. Odin shows up and you're thinking, Oh, here we go, baby. Here we go. This is crazy. And then he's kind of like, Hey, I come in peace. Like, let's, let's figure out a deal. And you're kind of like, about it. yeah, you're kind of like, what's going on? Thor is also there kind of, he has the intimidating presence, but Hey, nothing's popping off. And then Odin goes to Thor and he says, don't take too long. And that's when you're like, okay, <laughs> all right, baby, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. And you're like, Instead of just blowing through your house and going into your backyard and breaking the earth there, you're going, you get, you literally get thrown like miles away with the hammer (laughs) on his chest. Can't move it. Come on, man. That was, that was some insanity. Um, a hundred percent agree. They don't make them like that anymore where there's, Mm -hmm. there's a fight that's just so beautifully choreographed that you're just getting something insane out of the game. And it was also that thing where, I love when the fight perfectly replicates your feeling as a player where, or like they basically replicate the character's feelings to you as a player, I guess is what I'm trying to say, where I had, I was playing on normal, but I was fighting for my life. I was barely hanging in there (laughs) at any given moment. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm like trying to get him. I'm, you know, it's the first time I'm playing God of War in so long, so I'm not dodging right because the the button map is throwing me off. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like trying to survive this guy who just keeps coming. And like when, like you said, when you get the scripted death, I'm like, honestly, I was like, what's going on? Like, is this, am I going to wake up later? Whatever. He brings you back. And it's kind of like, it was kind of like, oh, this is a scripted death. All right. All right. We did it. We made it through. And he brings you back and you're like, oh, I got to get back on the sticks again. <laughs> Fight him. Oh. Man. Incredible. Incredible. Um, okay. I'll, I'll shout out one moment here, um, which I don't know if we'll say or not. But one of the moments that really kind of set this game onto a new level for me is uh, I don't know if we've all played this far. I don't know if, you, Luke, you've played this far, but Arsene, you know what I'm talking about. After you go to the land of elves, there's this whole big, uh, you know, hurrah. I think this is where you fight Heimdall, which also was a mm-hmm. fantastic. That was a great fight, to too. Yeah. I love to talk about that later. I love that character. But um, you have this Bjorn or Big Bigums or whatever his name was. He was on the Beer flying gear. ship. Beer gear. <laughs> you know, he <laughs> did this crazy anime ass move onto the uh, <laughs> dragon. Um, and just disappeared. And As you're on a flying like, boat, like a celestial <laughs> light flying boat in the sky, too. Yes, and I, I love how, like, uh, I can't remember, f- uh, not f- f- Freya's brother. What's his name? Freyr. Freyr, Freyr. Isn't it? that's right. Yeah, I love it's how he's like very similar. Freya, Freyr. I love how he's like, I hope he comes back or whatever. And literally, everybody in the boat is like, Bro, he is like you no, saw that he's he not, not coming was, back from that. He jumped off of a boat. We we're like that all the death way up in the sky. was like surprisingly very emotional for a character that like we really didn't get that much time with beforehand. Or at least I did. I didn't do many of the side quests in Vanaheim leading mm-hmm. into that section of the game. 
See, I'm the opposite. I didn't I did not care about this man's death, to be honest. Like it was panning over to him and like they, they took some time to build it up. And I was like, Is this dude about to do something to like what is this dude about to do? Like I didn't know if he was gonna betray us or something. I was like, What? And then he does the death and I'm like, Yo, that was random as hell. Until until I did the side mission and I wait, found wait, wait. so Luke, did you did Luke? Did you go to the side area in Vanaheim? I need a little more context. What what, what oh, were you so doing in the side with that? Basically, you can spoil the like, side quest. I'm okay. not like yeah, okay. Like, I, I played what sure. I was able to play. It's okay. I appreciate okay. it. Gotcha. So I'll resume until until I did the side mission where they're like, let's go. F- I forgot what, what we were going to do. Pig. Follow the follow the the dog, right? Or dog, dog. Oh, yeah, follow, yeah, follow the dog. Okay. Follow the dog. Do the mission, follow the dog. Dog is like, "Oh yeah, I think he's on big year scent." And I'm like, "What? This man is actually alive? That's crazy." We're following the dog. We get onto the ship and we end up in a whole new Elden Ring style location. With you're like, kidding. Whoa, you need no. to go back. Trust okay. me. When I back. say, yeah, I'm definitely going back, but damn, that's it's that's crazy. Cool. Like, you're on this ship and you're like, you're just flying, and there's like a dragon, the same dragon that's one of the same dragons that you know, like, was taking this dude out. They're like, dragon takes us out, and we land in this map. And you open up the map, and I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> it was literally like Elden Ring, where I was like, no way, I can't that's believe- wild. And it was that is one of the things where I was at, I was like hanging out with uh, friends of the show, Matt, Jonathan, and uh, I came home and I was like, all right, let me just do this quick side mission. I did this, all this stuff in Van Heim. Let me just see what this is about. I do it. And I'm like, no freaking way. Well, let me just check out this area. I play until <laughs> it was 10 PM. I played until 2 AM exploring this area. That's how Whoa. big it was. And then I still put even more hours into it the next day looking at this whole new crazy area that that's really cool that's pretty wild because i i almost did that side quest last night and i was like no i i I don't have time to do these side quests i got a main line i gotta finish this story um yeah i yeah i probably would have been up until like four if i had (laughs) done that side quest i'll I'll leave you some secrets but there are okay. some really cool story threads that you get out of playing like through the side mm. quests and side missions. For there. sure. Incredible, incredible, you know, surprise in the game that they did yeah. not spoil at all. I did a little bit of, I did a lot more of the side quests early on. And then as mm-hmm. I got further in the game, I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta get moving here. But like, mm-hmm. um, what's the first main world you go to right after, Midgard. Svartal. Svartalheim. Svartalheim. Yes. Um, I did a lot of the side quests in that area, and that was really cool early on. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one... One of my favorites was the... Did you do the one with the giant... There's a giant creature involved. You're rescuing... The Lagerbaki, I think. The, the like, giant jellyfish creature. Yeah. That one was very yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um that was one of the that was one of the first side quest missions or whatever that I was like, oh okay, yeah, we're on, we're on a different league where this giant thing comes out of the water. That's when I was like, okay, I got to pay attention to these because this was like it was really visually impressive, it, like added to the narrative and like all the like we can get into it more in detail, but like 
all the little moments of dialogue outside of the cutscenes, mm-hmm. just the like very organic. Mm-hmm. We're exploring the nar- the the areas w- between the different characters, like especially on the side quests, were all really really cool and just gave even more character development to the story. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Like hearing um, Amir's like remorse for like chaining this creature up and like feeling yeah. really really bad about it, feeling really emotional about it. About it, um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I, also, I, I like the fact that um, I guess just the fact that they kind of I guess I don't remember too much from 2018, but I, mm-hmm. I guess I remember from 2018 they also had that you know that similar mechanic of the organic conversation. And at the time, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, eh. I think at that time I was also, I was still trying to just like you know get through the game. I wasn't too into God of War at the time, but this time I really took a, a lot of appreciation for the you know the above and beyond basically that they went into to make sure that you know you got all, you got every bit of lore. I feel like I got every bit of a uh, Norse mythology lore pretty much talking about everybody's like, you know, all the drama between all the gods, like all the situations that people got into back, you know, mm-hmm. in the days sure. and also even the fun little like uh I think some of the f- more fun stories were the uh the, the Kratos stories anything where he would talk about like you know the olden times or I don't know if you guys uh had heard the one where he uh basically referenced his time on PlayStation about uh PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale I, I caught that yeah the the poems were all I I found <laughs> well, myself like, I was reading well. the poems yeah. I was reading the the bestiary entries like I was like going pretty deep in the lore cuz the writing was just that good that it warranted it's so good it. yeah it was a lead and all of the, of the characters i think like in this game specifically atreus really stood out for me in this one and i think it's like a kratos story overall but i just i was really impressed with atreus because i definitely was in the camp of like he's kind of annoying in this first game mm. i don't know if i really i like i enjoyed the story for what it was but i was like didn't like connect with that character was in this game i'm like he might be my favorite character honestly which kind of shocked me Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say <laughs> yeah, I, d- I definitely did like Atreus. Well, actually, like or like I had the biggest game. change. Like I was like neutral at the yeah, beginning yeah. of the game, and then I was like, "Holy shit, I really like your character arc through this journey." Gotcha, gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. So I'm curious, like, who were your favorite returning characters, and who were your favorite um, newly introduced characters? Let's start with you, Arsene. Hmm. Favorite returning characters, I guess, obviously the dwarves, um, Freya. I think, of course, Freya is a, okay, well, a great. There ain't that many character. returning characters, so you gotta you gotta <laughs> pick one. It's only okay. like five. I will pick Freya as my uh, great returning character, just because there's just such a roller coaster of her, like you know, I guess alliance, her allegiance to you, um, and to you and Atreus throughout the game. Or throughout the mm-hmm. from the first game to the second game, um, starting out as just like you know this awesome ally who's helping you guys uh, um, take your wife's ashes to the top of what is it the top of the mountain highest in point Jotunheim. in the realms yeah highest yeah point the highest point in the nine realms. realms to becoming your mortal enemy and then finally you know kind of rekindling and uh, reconciling with each other by the end of uh, uh, God of War Ragnarok and honestly being like you know. A confidant becoming like a best friend by the end of the mm-hmm. game um i thought that was just <laughs> excuse me ooh, I thought that was such an awesome journey um to see her go on um throughout the game yeah go ahead so let's start let's start there with freya um 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think she might have had one of the most like you know crazy performances throughout this entire game. Um, starting the game within like the first 15, 20 minutes, where she's literally going full out trying to like hang on to your sled as you're just trying to get some food or whatever you're trying to do like <laughs> was a crazy moment and uh just like all of the pain that she was like clearly feeling and whatnot like um you know clearly throughout the game until she could finally clo- close out her chapter at the end and kind of feel like she has you know is ready to start a new path and let go of the death of her son let go of the pain that odin's caused her and and her her trauma that she inflicted you know with vanaheim so you know and i i feel like the line deliveries were really crazy as well um you know was she one of the was she one of the people that said to um to grieve uh, fully is to have love deeply or something like that to grieve deeply is, or is to have love fully. There was one line there that was like, really, it might've been I think her, that was either her sure. or Kratos. I'm trying to remember. Somebody. Yeah. It's a good line but, though. Yeah. But yeah, like I was a big fan of her point. She, she might ha- have had one of the best performances for me as a returning character. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, it was fake by the way. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, thanks. Faye. Sorry. Uh, do you want to talk about Freya a little bit, Luke? Yeah, sure. I I really liked her character arc as well. I thought she and Kratos had a really cool journey that I thought it was interesting and compelling because they didn't do some like weird like, oh, now it's a romantic thing. Like I felt like they developed a genuine true friendship. Um, They went through a lot of trials and tribulations. I thought it was cool how they had the characters relate to each other because of their trauma with their children. Like they've both mm-hmm. lost children. They both have like undergone crazy hardships and, you know, been kind of cast out from this life as a God within their given mythologies. Um, so I just thought their dynamic was really, really cool. Um, and anytime Freya got involved in the combat, I thought it, it, it was really fun. And I'm excited in this um, post game content that Kratos gets to r- run around with, her and Mimir, and I think that'll be a fun dynamic with all the side quests I still have to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was something you. Oh yeah, like I thought. Uh, I think it was just like a side, not a side conversation, but the the conversation that was playing out through gameplay, where uh, Freya is basically lecturing Kratos, being like, "You have no clue what it me feels like to lose a child." Like. You just don't know. Mm. And he's like, right. He's and like, then, yeah, my, uh, my wife and my child's ashes are imbued into my skin. <laughs> so, uh, how about you sit down and le- listen for yeah, a bit? Shut the hell up. Right? <laughs> um, so I thought that was like, I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and put her in her place real quick. Um, and there's the fight yeah, ahead, with her and Kratos where they're, they go up against what's the name of the creature? Nidhogg. The, the, the yeah, like, was a giant, fight, giant yeah. worm that is like protecting and it's binding Freya to Odin's spell so she can't leave Midgard. Like that whole mm-hmm. fight was really, really cool. And their exchange where she kind of finally decides to not kill him and maybe to mm-hmm. kind of join forces against Odin. Like that whole whole scene was really, really well done. Agreed. I've got another question. You know, oh, sure. this is just you know we're getting the professors re- will answer. What what do you? <laughs> Thank you, professors. Um, so just thinking about this, uh, the neat hog fight, the things that they mention about the creature, um, it is the protector of the roots of mm-hmm. the Yggdrasil, 
world tree, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, however, I believe they also mentioned this in the game, but you know, this is like the, the Norse like lore behind Needhawk. It gnaws at the, or, yeah, they mentioned it in the game, it gnaws at the, the like roots to keep it in check, to keep them from like growing, you know, unkempt or whatnot, you know, to the point where even after you kill Needhawk, you have to go on like the little side quest to get its little children or whatever. So that way they can like take on mm-hmm. its duty. Why mm-hmm. was it so protective? of these roots if we're just helping it out we're trimming it we're trimming some roots I'm, am i am i wrong here we're trimming some some roots here like if it was gonna do the exact same thing right it's gnawing at the it's gnawing at the little tree roots it's chopping stuff up why can't i i would say hmm? i would say consider it this way all right consider you I'm are considered but you are a homeowner right and you have to maintain oh, your lawn. You're the yeah, keeper yeah, yeah. of your lawn. Somebody's coming over there, you know, <laughs> hacking down your hedges. You're gonna be ready to okay, scrap. Okay. So that's how I see it. Okay. No, but like it's. I feel like it's more like somebody comes and they like line up the edge here. It's not your hedges. Like you're you're trimming I mean, your hedges. But <laughs> well, we lining but this it guy out comes cause... and he's like lining up the uh, or he's cutting your grass. But like on the corner by your mailbox, we, and he's we, just doing we like a small them roots patch. Out, though. Freya was not playing around; she <laughs> broke them roots off. She broke the roots, but you consider the like scale of the Yggdrasil tree. This tree That's is true. like you know the size of like worlds or some shit like that. I don't know, yeah, sure. very very large tree, and you get to you're trimming this big. Come on, take it I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back to my other argument, and I feel like. Odin potentially has some level of control or influence oh, over Needhog. Like true. he's connected with all these monsters and creatures and calling everybody into battle. Like I think he probably could be like, "Hey, can you can protect this? We can't let Freya have freedom. Keep an eye on it. Mm, They're trying to okay. mess with it. You got to kill them." Okay. okay, I can. But maybe once again, very quick to defend <laughs> plot holes for some reason tonight. Nah, you're so, good. You're good. Let's keep it going on returning characters, and then we'll do a pass through for sure. new characters. Um, I guess I'll go. Man, this is hard because I do love my Angraboda, but great character. When we talk, oh wait, she's a she's a new character anyway. She's a so new character. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about returning characters, come on, bro, Sindri. Come Sindri. on, the so last, good. yeah. The last couple of hours of that, I mean, we talking about Honestly, a the whole crazy game. performance. I mean, the whole game he has, he's a stellar actor, and we get a stellar voice voice performance, and just the personality that Sindri brings, I think, is just so nice. Like even when he's going mm-hmm. to go get the um the ring, uh, for the spear, mm-hmm. the drop near. Uh, I think that little, mo- even that just short little moment where he's down there is really cool and well acted, even though he's not talking much. Um, but man, after Brock dies and Sindri basically goes dark mode and like, is like, you're starting to see the warp that the, that the doors do to get around. I don't know. We might've seen it before. I don't know. Mm. But when he does it that one time holding Brock's body, man, I was, I was like, this is wild. Um, you're not and supposed to see that. Not supposed to see that. And, you know, just every encounter you have with him is just so tense. And he just makes you feel like garbage. And you just feel really bad for how everything transpired. Uh, but he's also a badass. Like him yeah. destroying the Odin orb 
where they're just that was such a cool moment (laughs) and it was a cool moment for all the other characters too because they like freya didn't feel the need to kill him no one felt the need to destroy it and sindri was like i got this (laughs) yeah that was that was hardcore do we have any other sindri comments sindri thoughts I liked all the early game stuff with him too. Yeah. Like when you're first playing as Atreus and they have a fun little like buddy cop adventure into Midgard and that, that whole section when he goes to talk to Freya for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Just okay. enjoyed his character. I was, I was about to jump into getting more into Atreus, but then I was like, no, we're talking about Sindri right now. Well, you're up now. Is your is your favorite returning oh, okay. character Atreus, or who's I, your favorite returning character? I mean, I feel like I have to give it to Kratos just because I think his mm, arc okay. through this game is so incredible. I think I, I know this is like kind of everybody says this after playing 2018, but I felt it even more after playing Ragnarok of take a character in games that I never really cared about from a narrative perspective. And just totally turn that on its head, um, making me feel so invested. Um, his story is just so emotional. And I feel like his growth, like I really just like thought Christopher Judge's performance was so compelling that like by the end I was like, I'm tearing up at this guy, like having this full circle moment with his son and like them bonding together and like them learning from each other and the trust that they've built up. Like I, I just thought it was all really well done. And they had those little moments of dialogue throughout the game that just really reinforced that for me. But I think Atreus, like Kratos and Atreus in this game kind of go hand in hand. I think their performances just work really, really well together. And the game just takes it in such an interesting direction. And that's why I voted Christopher judge best performance, 2022 baby game awards. We're finding that out. Predi- that was my prediction. Pizza bet on the line. As well, yes, sir. I mean, yes, sir. He did have a amazing performance. I think. I think my favorite moment by far. Okay, let's let's play a game. Can you guys think of my favorite Kratos slash Christopher Judge moment uh, from the game? Does anybody have any guesses? Hmm. I have a guess. Okay. Was it? The tent scene the night before they head into the big battle. He's telling That's the story. It, baby. Oh shit! That's it. Nice. The tent scene. That was that was definitely mine. That was the the teared up last night at eleven p.m. Yeah, that was tough, man. Like having, you know, first of all, he's having like these dreams of Faye and and whatnot. Then he bring he, like he brings it back and sees Atreus having come to sleep in his room or he comes and asks to sleep in his room. And uh, man, that, that point where he's like, tell me a story and he's telling this story and you can just see it's crazy. It's like, this is like the neck. I know this game isn't like next gen, next gen, but it's mm-hmm. like, this felt next gen where you're like really seeing this performance on this video game character's face where I felt like this was last of us level him telling a story and you you don't know where the story is going at least i didn't um and i'm like there's you could just see there's something about this story that's really really eating him up and then uh after you finish the game and like you have the credits and you have the moment where uh atreus is like oh like um tell me the story like what's the ending to the story like i fell asleep he's like oh well the ending is like death came for the man and the man was not ready to die and like 
thinking about that in retrospect of him like seeing his son and basically like just feeling like he is not ready to leave him and you know he always says like hey when death can have me when he comes or whatever like when death when he earns me and all this stuff but like in this moment he's talking to his son he's realizing they're going into like effectively the suicide mission and he is just actually tearing up inside about it that's crazy that was a really good performance beautiful just, what do you think yeah, about Curtis, uh, our sin? I think um, you know, this is very a little silly comparison, but he, he gives me <laughs> wrench vibes. You know, what I mean, you know, obviously, I think it's a very obvious comparison. You know, Grinch starts out being this like you know very negative, hated character. Obviously, in Kratos' case, he is not a hated character, but you know, he has his like you know anger built up within him. And I think over the course of the first game, imagine like he's like this ice cube. Then by the time we end the first game, you start to see like, you know, it's a, it, the, the ice cube is sweating. It's starting to thaw out. Then once we hit 20, this uh, Ragnarok, that ice cube is getting completely melted. The Grinch heart is, you know, bouncing out of his chest. My man has become like, you know, I feel like he, his heart has just like swollen to, to new proportions for this character. And man. It, it it was a it's just a good feeling seeing this guy uh Kratos you know obviously I'm not a dad yet but you know we we on the we on the road to becoming a father I'm feeling I'm like okay let me write some stuff down this guy's got some uh you know little life <laughs> tips out here for you for raising your raising your children I don't know if I should be uh you know really listening taking to Kratos tips, for fatherly right. advice I shouldn't be taking them too yeah. uh too much maybe to heart end but game uh, Kratos not. Maybe like in game for yeah, you're, right. yeah. you're right, you're right. But seeing his growth as a person and as a father, I thought it was just like an amazing thing and like honestly super impressive from like a writing standpoint. Um I I just don't even know how they do it. I, I I guess obviously I know they have like, you know, hella writers in the studios, but just the fact that they're able to take this character and really make everybody who plays this game feel some level of emotion. I feel like there's not a single person or it's probably a small only a small percentage of people that don't feel something while playing this game. So for sure. Yeah. Great, great freaking character, man. Just a great character. I also feel like it, it feels even more impressive to me that the writing is so good. And these genuine human mm-hmm. moments amidst this like crazy fantasy over the top action title and like this setting. It's, it, it's cool. Yeah. I think Max. I think it was really impressive to see Kratos. I think it was a much easier task in 2018 because it was like, okay, we're going to reinvent this character. Um, Like he is this very stereotypical angry person. And then we're going to give him dimensions and have his, have him build this relationship with his son in 20 uh, in 2022 Ragnarok. um, The challenge was much harder where it's like, okay, you've already established that he is capable of opening up and being this, you know, person with emotions so what we're how are we evolving from here and i thought it was pretty interesting how pretty much every step of the way there was not there was some annoyance that kratos had with atreus and he was like hey he was basically like hey i'm giving you all this trust i'm giving i'm trying to be you know a good dad a good partner a good teammate and let you lead us here um but it seems like you keep making mistakes and, you know, it was nice to have those one-on-one moments with Mamir where Kratos is like, I literally don't know what to do. Like, I, I, f- I feel like I'm doing the right thing, but 
like what if something bad happens and Mamira's kind of like yeah let him let him figure it out we'll we'll handle it don't don't worry so it was cool seeing that evolution and then kind of just how he how his trust in his son evolved and and how it worked out in the end i, I really appreciated that for sure um so we all talked about returning characters before we get to new characters let's talk about just general gameplay like gameplay areas all that stuff let's talk about some of our favorite moments um i'll open it up here uh i think the big spoiler the thing that you know the one thing that you probably don't talk about i guess the one is like you play as multiple characters uh, or atreus and you have multiple companions but obviously you get the drop near spear had it you Mm -hmm. know in the last act or so of the game and yeah i mean shout out to the the gameplay team and the game design team for like how they put together these combat scenarios where every weapon just feels so good to play with um i use pretty much every weapon equally this is not one of those games where i have a gun i have a crossbow i have you know a grenade launcher that never gets used and i still have full ammo by the by the end of the game this was one of the cases where i was constantly switching between weapons and Part partly due to that is because they uh, specifically designed some of the enemies to force you to switch weapons. But other than mm-hmm. that, you know, there was just such a great fluidity. It almost felt Spider-Man-esque in a way where every move mm. led into every other movie or move. And like you could continuously keep up combos regardless of how you switched attacks or, or weapons or special abilities or anything like that. So uh, shout out to the Drop Near Spear. Great addition. Um, didn't get the Thor's hammer, but I think the way they presented <laughs> the spear and everything was, was super sick. So, um, if anybody has any comments about that or wants to talk about any other gameplay elements that they liked, feel free to jump in. Hmm. I think I'll jump just, uh, I guess also piggybacking off of the drop near spear. Um, like you already said, great addition to the game. Um, Mjolnir's hammer. I'm glad that wasn't. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming it wasn't. I'm hoping it was never a consideration. I think that would, that just would not have fit Kratos's. Uh, From what know, the director vibes. said in interviews, it, it wasn't ever on the table because okay. I guess like I I don't know a ton about Norse mythology, but I guess the Leviathan axe and Mjolnir the hammer were always supposed to be like opposing forces against each other gotcha. and like kind of one of the same in a sense of like how they were made. So from like lore wise the the game director was saying that like it never really made a lot any sense for them to like yield each other's weapon gotcha okay good 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 um but back to back to dropner itself definitely uh i don't know it's like a breath of fresh air or like a way it turned the combat on its head really you know you're switching to from a game play where you're pretty much, you know, mostly focused on melee combat, you know, obviously you, you are able to, you know, throw your, your axe, you're able to, you know, kind of toss your blades out, but you're not really super, or depending on your play style, I guess, but you're not really super relying on that um, style of play. Drop near, I feel like kind of flips it and says, okay, what if you were relying on that? What if you did decide that you wanted to, um, you know, be more of a ranged, um, I guess fighter in that sense. And I think it does a really good job of executing that um, with all the different, uh, I guess abilities that you get to unlock with, uh, with drop near. I never, honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I never fully, I guess like got the full, uh, what's the right word for this? 
uh, potential out of drop near. Cause I know there were a lot, I, I did unlock all of the abilities for it. Um, obviously it's like by the end of the game, you just unlock all of the little, uh, you know, little Gale upgrade things, but I never fully got some of its moves. And I don't know if maybe you guys might be able to, uh, were able to do that. You would be able to share, but just to wrap things up, I really like the spear. I think it was super fun throwing <laughs> that thing around, blowing people up, having the, the chain reaction of having people. Like once I figured out that you have to throw the spear multiple times and then just start blowing up like boom, 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 like some type of like animation. Yeah. Man, good. <laughs> that, was, that was a good time. But yeah, go ahead, Hoop. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the spear actually bailed me out uh, of a couple of situations. No, notoriously, the insane berserker fight where you're fighting three ber- mm-hmm. enemies at mm-hmm. once, the spear is what got me through that fight yep. because it allowed me to keep my distance. And I was just like, it like interrupts. It like does all these things for you. Um, so a lot of times I was just like, and it also builds up stun really, really fast, depending on how you have it spec'd out. So a lot of times mm. I was stunning people. I was using it to build up uh, the boss's stun meter so I could take off a big chunk of health. Um, and I think some of the bigger moves are just kind of OP for crowd control and stuff when you're fighting the regular mobs as well. So at first I was kind of like, this doesn't do a lot of damage. So I don't know like when to use this but definitely as i upgraded all of the skills and got some of the the special moves i was like okay i see i see i could use this i think nice. my my biggest questions though regarding the spear is uh, i think most of its uh r2 abilities is where i was like i was kind of lost bro like i mean i kind of i read the descriptions but like in actual like practical gameplay i was like mm, i don't know if i'm like, i don't know if i'm fucking with this one right now it's like for some of the bigger mob enemies, I found myself mm. like, I don't know, it felt broken. The R2 enemy, mm. R2 uh, things, because like basically you would knock one down and you just break, keep breaking off another spear on them, like while they were down, and they just keep getting spears racked up and it did a lot of damage. And then I just detonate it while they were on the ground and they just blow to pieces. So, um, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, the, the upgrade tree was kind of weird, but yeah. I think that's my only like critique of the game and it, it didn't detract from the experience at all. Like I think you're still able to jump in and enjoy yourself with the combat, but like mm-hmm. when you open the menu and all the UI, you have relics, you have like attachments to the weapons. You can upgrade those individual attachments. You can upgrade the weapons themselves. Then you get all these light abilities <laughs> and heavy abilities on top of all this. Like I, at first I was very overwhelmed because it was like, Oh, we're like, couple hours into the game and they're still throwing new layers <laughs> to this but i will yeah. say like you, they they are very nice in the sense of like they have the audio equip system they have like ways to just get in to the combat and have the best like spec'd out system you have so i will give it that but yeah the combat's super fun and like you said just so fluid and i i ended up loving the spear especially in the late game i was having trouble with the um the heimdall fight and then I remembered, mm. oh, wait, we we made the spear for this fight. That was the whole set yeah. story set up of that quest. <laughs> so as soon as I switched to the spear, then it was like off to the races. Easy street. Epic moments. Yeah. And just like the animation of the spear, I also thought was really impressive between like mm-hmm. the infinite throwing, the quick hits, like the stunning, like it, it just looked so good. And that goes for all the weapons too, like the animations and walking around, you have your weapons on your back and you can see those upgrades and those 
relics and the stones yes. and things you're inputting. Yes, yes, like yes, just yes, those sir. visual touches were just so cool. Yeah. I, I will agree with you, Luke. They took the the menu system was taken a step too far. Like when we it's got these like it's a lot. We got yeah. these runic talismans or whatever that need to be three matched to activate an extra ability. I was like, okay, we've gone too and far. And the, the too amulets much and things. It's like once yeah. I found a set that I was like, I like these abilities. I was like, I'm just rolling with these. Like I'm having a good time. <laughs> like yeah, it was too much. It was too much. But um, any other gameplay elements you guys want to call out? I, I'll say that uh, side quest, side content, or whatever. Um, one, the the two boss, two hardest bosses in this game, or three hardest bosses in this game, are insanely hard. Um, the three, the trio that you have to fight, that was just BS. That was terrible. I don't even know why they put that fight in there. That was <laughs> annoying. I was, I just hated that. And then you have the Berserker King or whatever, who I fought and and beat, and that guy is like. It's like a Sekiro fight where it's like every you have to be perfect. You have to be blocking everything. You have to be parrying right at the perfect time. That was crazy. And then, oh, my God, the Nah fight post-game. Oh, nah. Basically, when you <laughs> find her and you have to fight her, oh, my God. It was so extra. I'm like, why is she so hard? Is she the new Valkyrie queen? Is yeah. That- yeah. Okay. Got it. And she yeah, I've like heard like that, rumblings about her, and I haven't done that one yet. But that's interested a, uh, to see. That's a true Elden Ring fight right there. Where okay, I'm let's reading go. patterns, I'm looking at like pivots in the foot, being like, "Oh, she's coming with this." Oh one. <laughs> no! It was. It took me out. It took me over an hour, maybe more, to beat her. It was tough. I think okay, from a gameplay. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Just a real quick question I had. In terms of, I know we're giving some comparisons to Elden Ring. Would you say it's mm-hmm. on par or harder than the Millennia Millennia oh, fight? Come on, bro. This was, <laughs> this was this was not even this. I would say this is not close to the Millennia fight. Okay, Millennia okay. fight was it was nonsense. It was a different uh, beast. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Millennia fight took me several hours. This only took me over one one to two. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Sorry, Luke. Go ahead. No, 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 you're chilling. Um, shoot, totally lost my train of thought. All good. No. Oh, wait, no, wow. I remember. From from <laughs> gameplay perspective, I wanted to talk about the, the last two boss fights in the main story with Thor and then with Odin. I thought mm-hmm. both of those fights were visually really cool. Um, Thor's last fight I thought was particularly cool. I just loved all the narrative bits and mm-hmm. I... I just thought the back and forth, like anytime in the end towards the end of the game, when Kratos was trying not to kill the person, what if this happened with Heimdall too? Like, I just thought Mm -hmm. that was, that was really cool. And then like, they're like, Nope, we're going to still fight again. And then it amps everything up. And yeah, those, those fights were dope. Yeah. I think this might be the closest that we get to like anime style fights where you're having dialogue going down in the middle of all this epic gameplay. Um, I think God of War is really God of War and maybe the final fantasy, like seven series is, are really kind mm-hmm. of the few series that actually pull this For off sure. where like talking to Thor and like, we're trying to talk him down. Like he's like saying how we ruined everything and just having these clashes while he's throwing out all these insane moves at us. Um, those are good, good fight. And same thing with Heimdall where he's just gloating like a, like a untouchable anime character. And he's like, you, you just can't touch me. And he's 
like so sleek and all his movements and mm-hmm. ah, it's just so good. Yeah, that um, was really cool too. I'm moving on. Question. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. you know, you know me. <laughs> this is question number three. We're back at it again. I had some concern, like maybe you guys understood it a little bit better than I did, but I had some concerns regarding the Heimdall fight and how we were mm-hmm. even able to, um, like how the spear was able to work against him. You know, I know they mm-hmm. just kind of explain it, as, at least to my understanding, they explain it as, oh yeah, the spear, he won't see it coming. It's just gonna, you know, it's gonna be crazy for him. Ooh, it's gonna overwhelm him. But, mm-hmm. But how? I don't understand. Like, if you, if he is looking at you, his whole power is that he's, if he looks at you, he knows what your next move is. So mm-hmm. when I throw a spear at him, I know he catches it, but can he not detect the fact that I'm going to make it explode right in his face? Or is that because I mean, now the spear is its own entity and he can't, he's mm-hmm. not detecting the spear? Is that, is that our, the logic that we're trying to go with here? I thought it was like a quantity thing. Like I'm just going to keep lobbing these spears and he can't detect all of them. Like Kratos has infinite spears. Like these things are just going to keep coming. At at least for me, like how I was playing it, like Mm -hmm. how I was basically doing it is like, I would throw a spear around him and then I would just detonate him. So when they, like when he was like thrown off by the detonation, I was then going in to like basically take some damage off of him. So I think it's kind of like, he can tell what, like he's looking at us and he can tell what we're going to do. But if he gets knocked back by something behind him, he has to like stumble for a sec. It's like, you know, it's like, okay. uh, in, in it's my like hero. Eraser. If, uh, yeah, exactly. You close your okay. eye for a bit. There's a window there. Um, at least that's how, that's how the fight played out when I was doing it. Cause I was also like, he's still dodging everything. Right. But it wasn't until he got, like got caught in the back by my explosions that I was able to even really do any damage to him. So, yeah, because I, okay. I kind of stumbled guys... on that first hit like on accident. I just started like throwing spears all over the place, detonating, and then, like Joseph said, got that stumble. So it was, it wasn't a yeah, smooth how you like, guys... path there. Yeah, it wasn't like a clean clean hit. It was a how did you take do advantage the fight of the situation? I mean, I did the fight in the same way. I mean, I, I threw the spear. And then once he caught it, I was like, mm-hmm, let me try blowing this bad boy up, see if he detects that. And then from there, I was able to, you know, kind of extrapolate on that and decide, okay, well, if he if he's anticipating, you know, because he starts to anticipate catching them and mm-hmm. starts deflecting instead, um, mm-hmm. just throwing them near his feet. So I think I was able to pick up on it pretty easily, but like... I don't know, man. Just the whole detonation thing itself is what is that's what's hanging me. That's what's uh getting me hung up here. Cause I'm like, can mm-hmm. he detect? Like, I guess I don't know what the you know, I'm getting very technical here. I don't know what the <laughs> mechanism is for detonating the spears. I figured that this was something that like, you know, Kratos like twitches his finger or something to get the ring to activate to detonate the spears. Mm. Wouldn't he be able to read Kratos to see that he's about to do that and then put two and two together? I don't know. Maybe I mean, I'm giving even if you can, credit. Even if you can read it, right? Like, just because you read it doesn't mean you can react to it, right? Because if you he like, can if catch, seeing, he can catch arrows coming at his face like this, he can react like. No, I'm, I'm saying can't. like I agree, but like he, if he like if he is like focusing on the next spear coming towards him, and there's a spear behind him, and he's like, "Oh, this spear is gonna detonate. I need to move out the way." But you also have a spear. You know what I'm saying? At some point, nah, you might get caught but, slipping, right? <laughs> But what about like if I just had like, sh- but 
at least from my understanding, Atreus, you know, obviously this is not what the lore is stating, but Atreus basically has infinite arrows himself, and he shoots yeah. these arrows at him, not overwhelming him. But I think that's still like arrow arrows coming directly in one direction. You only have to focus on your front, right? So you can catch or whatever. Mm, so you're, you're not going to get overwhelmed. If he shot an arrow, Atreus detonated. I mean, like the the time it takes Atreus to pull back and shoot, it's like basically he can okay. counter with one hand every time. Right. At least I that's also. <laughs> I I would throw out there that I feel like Heimdall went into that fight overly confident. Like he was like, I don't that really need to worry well. about this. So I think he was caught a little off guard with that first hit, and then he got a little, little scared, little okay. yeah, a little flustered because he was like, "No one's Look. ever hit me before," and he like kind of spirals from there. I felt like so. I'm Look, with you the, though that you're like, the PR man here. You've got all the answers. I like. Well, them, I also was the person that was like trying to hit him normal ways for way too long. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I, I had that moment. Where I was like, "Oh, he's so good for like ten minutes," and then I was like, "Okay, let's." try some other tactics because i was going like axe else. and and blade for for too long before i remembered mm. oh duh i really should be using the spear well that's what we made it for okay i got you i got you i just wanted to okay. you know throw that question out there because it was bothering me for a little bit but hey you guys have, val- uh, val- valid question settled my I mean, concerns sony Santa Monica, if you need a couple pr guys i feel like we could do some light <laughs> consulting you know we're available I'm gonna look up. Uh, I'm gonna look at this wiki to see what the explanation is on the wiki as well. But okay. before we get okay. there, I want to say Heimdall might be one of my favorite. I mean, all the new characters were incredible. Definitely Heimdall's yeah. in the top. Just like the swag of this dude, the scariness of when you first meet him, he's about to throw you off of this freaking wall you spent twenty minutes climbing in the game, <laughs> like. I love the like his whole thing where he's like, "Hey man, you're not gonna touch me. I'm not even that strong. I'm kind of you know I'm a I'm just a lean pretty boy. But hey, doesn't matter. You can't touch me. I got this cool little mount. Honestly, I don't even care about the mount. Kill it. I don't care. I still I'm still a baller. It doesn't none of this matters. And also, I love Odin a lot. Like I love that character, man. He was just so cool to me. I thought he was a regular as guardian when we first rolled up on him. I was like. Bro, who is this asshole? Just like, you know, stand, first of all, why are you standing up on top of this mountain or on top of the, the wall? Second of all, if you don't pull me up, bro, like I really thought he was just a regular <laughs> dude. But once the reveal came, you see the you see Gallerhorn, he tells you his name. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Let me let me correct myself. Let me come correct when I talk to Heimdall. I'm not trying to get, you know, messed up. After what he did to that one dude, was it the, the dwarf? They got him wearing a pot on his head, man. He's got he's wearing He's got oh. a big ass scar. So, yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, the crazy performance stuff. was really good. I was excited to see Scott Porter was the guy who voiced Heimdall. He was in like Friday Night Lights and The Walking Dead mm. game and a couple other things. Um, but it was cool to see him do like this like very intense character. And I loved all the like they like really played with expectations of who these characters are. Like whether it was. Heimdall with his swagger or you have like mob boss esque Odin. Like mm-hmm. there were just some cool, cool takes on established mythology. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that moves into our favorite new characters. 
Um, Luke, I'll let you start us off here. Do you have a favorite new character? For sure. I think it's kind of a tie. I feel like Anger Boda is probably my favorite performance of the new characters. I just thought like Mm -hmm. anytime she was on screen, I was really captivated and she had a really engaging performance. I saw a lot of criticism online that folks were kind of bored during the Ironwood section of the game, but I was like, that's one of my favorites to be honest. And the boss fight that you have with her grandmother, I thought was really, really cool Mm -hmm. visually. And I thought like her whole story dynamic and her arc with Atreus, I, I thought was really cool. And then the other one for me would be Thor. Um, I I just liked his character growth throughout the game and the arc that he went on. And I thought the performance was really well done. And from that first moment where he sat down in the, the house in the house with Atreus and Kratos to his final moments, like I was just always intrigued. And I am glad that we had those moments where like he got to go out on some little adventures with Atreus and just have interesting conversations and the dynamics Mm -hmm. there were really cool. Always yeah. a little tense between those two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can feel the tension a bit. Yeah, yeah. Which which makes sense, but it was just like a very interesting dynamic to pit like him and Atreus, like Atreus killed his sons and it's a, yeah, it always tense, but then ends up in a, a good place and like seeing his relationship with his daughter and like how he was trying to be better, but he was struggling with alcoholism and just like that whole thing I thought was really, mm-hmm. really well fleshed out. Yeah, they definitely yeah. did a great job with Thor. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think just while we're here, Angraboda, definitely one of my favorite characters. 100% one of the best performances. Um, immediately when we met her, you could already tell, like, she had this energy. She had this, like, vibe where you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be cool. Like, I'm going to yeah. learn a lot here. And obviously, there's going to be some relationship between her and Atreus. And yeah, everything just felt so natural. It felt like I was watching a show. Like I agree, Ironwood was maybe a little bit slow, but I like looked forward to it to take a time to like I was like, oh, I'm gonna learn about the giants. I'm gonna learn about kind of a lot of stuff that's going on here and, and dive deeper into these characters. So I was pretty excited about that. So I wasn't too upset about the pacing on that one. But uh yeah, anytime Angraboda jumped on screen, that was a that was a W because and visually ham. too like all the color the paint splatters in combat and like mm-hmm. just 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 so cool Video yeah games her cool. moveset was cool <laughs> um i do want to make one point on iron Wet. personally i did think it i didn't think it was boring whatsoever but i did think it got stretched a little bit too much i guess i i understand, I understand why that. I understand why they want to give you, you know, the opportunity to kind of get to know Angry Boda because, you know, the whole point is that, you know, she shouldn't be seen as just a pawn in Atreus's story. You know, she's got her own mm-hmm. life. You want to, you know, kind of feel for her and, you know, what she's going through. But I, there were some things that we did with her before, up like before we got to her grandmother's house that I was just like, eh, I mean, we could have skipped out going into this little nest and clearing mm-hmm. out the little, like, you know, bug nest or whatever. We could have, or just one section maybe could have just been taken out and it would have been a better length for me. But, you know, hey, I'm just one guy. I can understand that's, that. No, that's, that's I agree. what I think. But overall, great section, great section for sure. And a great character. Cool. For sure. Um, I want to give a, actually, Arsene, what character, what new character did you like? 
Ooh, new character. Um, I want to, you know, kind of bring it to the Asgardian side here. You know, I, I really, or I guess you know, there are like, like we said, there are a lot of new characters. I think the cast was, you know, what almost doubled or tripled um, from the first game. Why don't you give Guardians, us two? I'll give you two. I'm gonna say uh, Throod, uh Thor's daughter. I For thought sure. she was super cool. Um, you know, getting to see. It was really, really interesting seeing her uh, angle on the whole Asgardian and Kratos family, like, you know, th- that that conflict that we're having between, I guess, the rebels and the Asgardians. You know, she's seeing everything, you know, through rose-tinted glasses, like, yo, Grandpa, he's such a cool dude. He's just a cool, silly little <laughs> Grandpa. He's having a good time. I'm going to yeah. be, you know, a big Valkyrie when I grow up, blah, blah, blah. She's not seeing all the violence and bloodshed and manipulation that her grandfather and father are putting literally the, the entire nine realms through um, literally up until the end. The only part that she really does get to see is through her uh, her father's alcoholism. And, you know, she's had to like basically struggle with that for a big portion of her life. So um, I thought she was a really uh, well thought out character. Um, the other character, dang, who do I want to give it to? Uh, I want to be a little cheeky and give it to that one dude who the Midgardian boy. Uh, what like, even what's his name? Like Sculter or something. Oh, I just thought yeah. I was like, why, oh, did yeah. they, why did they give <laughs> this man any script? It was just so funny to me because you know he just shows up. He's like, oh hey. Whoa, holy shit, dude. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see What's your name? That's so cool. Yeah. You're going to go see him cool. And then I was like, oh, okay, all right, bro. See you later. He's still shouting at me <laughs> while I'm climbing the mountain. I'm like, this guy's he's a little weird out. Then he comes back at the end of the game. I'm like, okay, y'all got it. That was a good that was a good little joke character. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. So I'm, I'm giving him the second second place spot. They're definitely better people. But just for just <laughs> for the sake of the podcast, we got to give a little love to Skulter or whatever his name. I'm gonna look his name up so he gets some love. But what were you about to say, Luke? Oh no, I was just gonna say, I did you when you were climbing up the wall of Asgard as Atreus? Did you look down and try to spot him? Because I did. <laughs> oh, I should have. I really should have. I did. I not couldn't see him once I got to the top, but I sure tried. <laughs> I was like, "Where is you he? Tried he's still to. watching." Mm-mm-mm. Down That's there with the telescope. I bet. Skilder is his name. Skilder. Um, okay, I'm going to say my favorite characters, one character that stuck with me throughout the game, even though they didn't have a lot of screen time, Darlin. That was my homeboy. Mm. When I first met him, I was like, this dude is clean for no reason at all, his little <laughs> octopus pet. Like, he's just a fun character. And I think that was kind of like, I think my first realization in the game was like, oh, okay, so we're really expanding this cast because we're just meeting this random yeah. guy here. So I really appreciated that. And I liked how he showed up at different points. Like when Atreus and him try and pretend like they don't know each other, when Odin like brings him to the door, like construction site or whatever, I thought that was good stuff. And then uh, the other character I wanted to shout out, uh, let me make sure who was it? I had them right on the tip. Oh, yeah. This is not technically a new character, but it's the first time we hear them acted. And that's uh, Faye. Uh, mm, visual yeah. representation of Faye. We get a lot of, um, you know, sections and dreams with her uh, as we play as Kratos. 
I felt like those moments uh, gave a lot of depth to the relationship uh, Kratos and Faye had. And I thought um, the performance was really good to see like how, what character is paired with this, like, you know, Kratos, this Kratos that's at the beginning of 2018 and, and this grumpy, I forgot what she called him, grumpy gills or whatever she was calling him. Just grumpy. <laughs> like all that stuff was super fun. So shout out to Faye. Yeah, that's a good one too. Also, wait right. a minute. Oh wait, okay, yeah. never mind. I don't want. I don't want to get into it because I think this is. Uh, Luke, you got some more planning to do. So that's all I'm going to say. I, I was about uh, to get into hear. something. If if, if you want to say it, you're you're good. No, 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 no. no. It's I'm, up not to gonna, you. I'm not going to say it. Okay. I will not okay. say it. DM me so I know what you're talking about. I'm curious what do you want me to take my headphones if... off for a second, then you can signal me. Sure, take your, okay, take sure, your headphones sure. off. Okay, take your headphones okay. off. All right. Hey, Luke, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. He can't hear me. I was just going to say that I really liked um, Faye's involvement um, with Thor in the uh, Vanaheim oh, uh, yeah. side quest. Just finding out yeah. all that like extra little lore tidbit. The fact that she fought she like, boxing. She, like, I mean, come on. I know we, I think we've discussed <laughs> this a little bit off the, uh, off the podcast, but now we're bringing it to the podcast. She boxed Thor, bro. What? <laughs> And she was I giving mean, him the work too. I mean, come on. She was on the same level as Kratos, made the same little uh, sculpture too. I, I know, mean, right? Made like, the same sculpture. The fact that uh, uh, even Thor remembered the battle, he's like, huh? A little familiar. <laughs> yeah, good shit, that's though. crazy. Yeah. That's good lots, stuff. lots of good shit. Okay, uh, we'll bring Luke back in. Go play the side quest, my friend. Got some uh, more information to learn. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing. So excellent. You know, we're we're running a little long here, so I do want to talk about uh, just go around and talk about what what our favorite moments were. Like come like not the major moments. Like we talked about the big battle. Um, I guess we didn't talk about the end battle too much, but let's let's talk about some of our favorite moments and then wrap it up that way. Um, and we might go around twice, or or um, we'll see how how many ideas everybody has, but. I want to give a quick shout out to a very brief moment. I thought it was really cool. Uh, when we went to go see the Norns, I really, really mm-hmm. liked that character. Like um, even the trip to get there on the like seahorse. Yeah. The like, underwater part cinematic. was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And then just having them like predicting everything and just like not really giving a damn what we came there to do, just making fun of us and, and predicting stuff and finishing our sentences. I thought that was just really cool scene so yeah i think i would throw out um atreus arriving in asgard for the first time mm-hmm. and that like journey up seeing like the mid guardians and then ultimately climbing the wall like visually i just thought that section was like one of the most impressive things i've ever seen in a video game um and i just like once we got to the top i just couldn't stop staring at the view and just like hanging out there for a few minutes. So that, that was one for me that really stuck out on the same note of visuals. I really liked seeing all of the wildlife that they, mm-hmm. that they populated the game with just like, you know, you're walking through Vanaheim, you're seeing, you know, little uh, spiders and squirrels and creatures all around you've got. And then obviously you go to a different realm. The wildlife is completely different. Um, it's like a, you know, it's just because there's a different environment. Then obviously you'll go to Muspelheim. There's no wildlife 
because it's all lava and whatnot. Just the attention to detail in that sense, I thought was phenomenal. And obviously, just the overall graphics, I think. It's a beautiful game. PS5 worthy game, I would say. I wish that they could have, uh, you know, said uh, F the PS4, dump every dump even more assets and resources into just making everything look even more beautiful. So, yeah, definitely they did a great job on that. Uh, one more moment I want to shout out is the uh, Ragnarok creation saga and like fighting the dual Valkyrie fight with Atreus. Every mm-hmm. bit of that. Like even, you know, from start to from walking up to Salter or whatever his name, Suture or whatever his name is. And then all the way to creating Ragnarok, that whole section was just incredible. I thought that was super raw. Um, And that fight was super cool when they end as like the bear and Kratos together. Oh, man, what a sick pose. Mm -hmm. I would also throw out um, Brock's funeral scene. At, at the mm. end there and the fact that like you don't actually get the true ending quote unquote or like full credit scene until until you do that and like technically you could like finish the game and not do that but the fact that like it, it was just like a really like quiet somber peaceful moment to to end the game on after like so much crazy action had just happened so i thought that was really cool yeah awesome and um uh, i think i'm I'm all out. I'm tapped out on this. Okay. Okay. Let me think. Let me think if there was anything else that I want to throw out there. Uh, Jormungandr getting knocked back in time uh, uh, at the end yes. of the fight. Oh my gosh. That is insane. <laughs> like that's just, that's just bonkers that this man Thor knocked this giant snake back in time. I can't believe it. I Okay. Question time. I need to know the logistics, bro. <laughs> I need to know oh, the mechanics. How are we knocking people through time? When since when did Mjolnir get that ability? That's all. I, that's what see, I want to know. See that one, I can't explain for you. I, don't I guess know. it's Luke, the whole have an explanation. Yeah, come on, Luke, give me some. The top off the top of my head, I would say I feel like Thor was like not going full Thor for most of the fights. Like he's like, Oh, this is so easy. I'm going to go over here. Cause it's so easy. Your dad had trouble with these trials in Moosefulheim. Freaking easy. So I feel like when he like turns it up to 11, he can like tear holes in space. <laughs> Maybe. Mm, I don't know. Okay. Not, not a great it. explanation. That's all I got. Okay. I can buy it. Okay. I need to, now I want to see, I wish Thor did not bite the dust at the end of the game. I know. I, I was so, so bummed. So bummed. Yeah. I, I was yeah. really surprised. This is a random reason to be surprised, but they included Mjolnir as the like giant collectible item. Like you can get the hammer in the collector's edition of the game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought the fact that that was like the centerpiece thing meant that we'd see more of Thor. Like, you know, he'd be <laughs> a bigger ongoing character yeah. in the series. Something we didn't talk about. And sorry, I'm derailing. We, this doesn't need to be a long no, no. discussion, but question for, for both of you. The director has come out and said, this is a two-game series. This is not a trilogy. Ragnarok okay. is the end of the game. Do Or end of the, the, the Kratos story, if you will. Do we buy that? Because I feel like they're really teeing up some sort of Loki main star game or even more Kratos stuff. Like, What are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, that's a good question because really at the end of the game, I was very like, I just don't know where we were going to go. Obviously, Loki goes off and he goes off on his own and he specifically yeah. says, I need to do this on my own. He It even looks like he's talking to Angrabona and it's like, hey, I'm dipping out like this is mm-hmm. my journey. So I'd be surprised to play a game with Atreus where, you know, similar to God of War, where building all these new companions because it seemed like that was very much a solo journey but also in asgard you start collecting these relics for different you know mythologies and that when i collected the first relic i was like oh here it is like they're about to tease the next chapter but then we just start <laughs> collecting everything and i was like oh okay right i don't know it's too many so i would love to i i feel like i would love to have more kratos and like, I would love to play it until literally the wheels fall off and we actually see an on-screen death for the character. Like, that's my hope for all of this. Uh, but I honestly don't know. Like, yeah. I, I can't imagine you would stay in Asgard or mid- or whatever. I really realms. thought Kratos was going to die at the end of this Me game. Too. And I thought that was yeah. going to be kind of the swan song send-off. So I was kind of surprised when he didn't. That's the only reason I'm thinking, like, maybe we'll get another game. But similar to how I feel about, like, The Last of Us, I don't need another game. I feel like it ended in a really nice, not nice place, but you know what I mean? Like ended in a place where I was satisfied with the story and don't necessarily have that. Like, Oh, I hope they explore this or that. But like, if they have a compelling story to tell, like I can't, I wouldn't not be excited. I do have one more question. And this one is not one of the, you know, mechanical (laughs) uh, questions. This is just a question regarding the end ending one of the ending scenes where kratos looks at the like prophecy board and then he Mm -hmm. flips it over to the backside and sees like i guess his own prophecy did you guys know Mm -hmm. what to make of that because i was a bit confused i haven't looked it up yet um but i was confused i did not understand what were we looking at there like was that potentially something regarding kratos's immediate future because it looked like he was was he being worshipped or something or obviously getting so emotional about it yeah go ahead so when I played the game, uh, I was, I had the the line stuck in my head where Odin like confronts uh, Kratos and he's basically like, you have no idea what it's like to actually be to worshipped. Be guy, Nobody's yeah. ever worshipped you. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that stuck with Kratos or whatever. And it, I think the mural was basically showing, hey, like your, your future is that people will look up to you as a god and worship you and respect you for basically what I was thinking is for what he has just done for the nine realms, like rid them of this crazy evil overlord. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think he also took that in as cause like, it seemed like he got choked up when he saw that, like he like kind of falls on the board a little bit when he sees that he'll actually have people that res- like actually love him and don't seem as a monster. Uh, so that's kind of how I took it. I don't know if you took it different Luke. I was in a similar place. The only thing I would add is that I kind of thought it was like part of the arc of like, he's been through so much. He, he, like Joseph said, he hasn't experienced that sort of love. So I think just to see that, like after this whole game, seeing all these prophecies that he thinks he's going to die, he's ready to sacrifice himself for Atreus. He's ready to lay it all on the line. And he's like, my son's alive and maybe I get to live some sort of peaceful, positive life again, despite, you know, losing his wife and being worried about losing his son. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, 
but I wasn't sh- too sure because I was like, you know, I was kind of like trying to like, you know, look at the the screen. I'm like, am I seeing what I'm thinking? I'm seeing like I wasn't sure exactly for sure. what I was looking at. So okay, you guys definitely confirmed yeah. it. And so for that reason though, I don't think we're getting any more Kratos slash. I don't think I w- I want it because you know deep down I just want to play more video games, but I don't want <laughs> more Kratos. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't need to see him uh, trampsing about. Like, you know, in Egypt or like in some other, you know, in like the Mayan uh, mythology world. I don't need to see that. So I think that might be the end for him. That's what I'll tell you right now. I'm calling it on the the podcast. I think think it'll be a while. Like, I think it'll be like at the earliest, like end of this generation, next generation. But I think an adult Atreus game is inevitable. In some capacity, okay, and we'll get to okay. see characters like Angraboda and Throod, like kind of grown up and what they're up to. And Kratos will be like a a cameo grandpa character, or you know, that I, that's my prediction. That's what I I, I think. But I, I'm with you that I I don't need it either, and I would rather just kind of let let it let a good story be. Okay, so I think we're definitely getting more, all right? Because we, we, once we break a record, once we see Sony make that announcement that we're fastest selling PlayStation game ever, whatever, it's like, all right, bro, you, you have no choice. <laughs> the shackles are on at this point. Somebody's going to have to produce another God of War game. Um, will it be Kratos or will it be Atreus? At least for me personally, I think there there's still some stories to be told in, as, in like the Nine Realms. Uh, cause obviously like the grandmother story didn't seem to be fully resolved and like, you know, there's still stuff to learn about the giants, but I think just looking at Norse mythology and looking at Odin as like the guy, I really can't see a game running. I mean, I guess 2018 ran without him, but his Ravens were everywhere and the presence of him was constantly talked about in the game. So I can't really imagine mm-hmm. a, a, a game running without him being the person pulling the strings. Um, and also, I don't know, those Atreus game mechanics, I would be hard pressed to see how they live up to Kratos game mechanics, unless we're like really just shape shifting on the fly and boxing. Mm, like when I was playing as, weapons, when I was playing as middle aged or teenage Atreus, the bow was fine, but I was really not feeling powerful. I was like, I can survive. Interesting. But I mean, when I turned into the bear, I felt like I was doing some damage, or the wolf or whatever. I felt like I was doing some damage, but I didn't feel like the the suite of weapons nearly, uh, you know, challenged Kratos's. Um, do you disagree, Luke? You said sounds like you do. I I don't disagree. I definitely like. I understand that take. Personally, I felt like they kind of set it up for me. Maybe I just leveled my character in certain ways and dumped a bunch of points into my Atreus. But in the last fight leading into the Odin fight, I was getting my butt kicked as Kratos. And I was like getting schooled by all these not even boss characters. And then when you got to switch to Atreus in that section and he goes on the bear rampage and then he's running around like I felt super powerful in that moment i felt like that really like clicked, but that was like a very specific i don't know i never like dreaded playing as atreus i'll put it that way i was always excited mm-hmm. to change it up a little bit have some range combat but 
it, it he has less variety than Kratos for sure. So there's definitely that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I want to say I didn't dread it. Like I did. Like no, I played I, as a trace. I, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was, it was fine. But when we talk about a full length game, where it's like, it, all right, I, I gotta be everybody with a trace. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Arsene, maybe how an, are you an with adult. He's stronger. Play? He can yield. You know, give him a, give him a hammer or something. They need a game damn. They, I want him on the the Kratos workout plan. I need my boy come back shredded and jacked. <laughs> like you know, remember in he has in like Thor's game. hair. I'm imagining. I have. I have got now. I have like a hair. design document going in my head for the, the excellent, sequel. excellent. Remember, he had the whole scene with uh, him and Sindri talking about. Oh, I can't lift this rock. I need my dad here. He needs to be yeah, lifting yeah. up rocks like, you know, like it's nothing. One-handed, one yeah, yeah. One-handed for sure. Because at that point, he would be considered, I guess, a young god, you know. For sure. Uh, younger than Kratos, obviously. So I think that he should be... What should I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get my own design dot going here. I think a sword would work well <laughs> with his uh with his bow, since he already had that one sword kind of to assist him. I know it was a magical sword. But um, I think a sword would suit him well. I don't think he needs something as like uh, brutal, bulky. Yeah. bulky or brutal. But also, that would be kind of cool if he started just wiling out, being super bulked up. But yeah, you know, I think he he's more of an elegant fighter. That's fair. Thrude has those like the one handed sword cleaver oh, looking things, yeah, maybe yeah, something yeah, like cleavers. that would be kind of cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Looks like it's time to wrap up. We've talked about a lot of our favorite moments, a lot of our favorite characters. This was a great conversation. I think I got all of my God of War energy out. So I appreciate nice. you guys for coming. Uh, hopefully everybody listening also appreciates the conversation we had here. Um, and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. If there's something that we didn't talk about that you guys want us to talk about or want to, want to discuss with us, uh, just head up to player, 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 discord, player, player, com slash discord. Uh, link is in the description as well as links to everything else, including Luke's social media, our social media, all the links to the to Twitter and all that good stuff. So I want to thank you all once more for listening to player player. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify tell your friends about us if you want updates about future episodes and giveaways or you want to submit a question to the show join the discord like i mentioned or just reach out to us on social media um big shout out to aaron miller as always for the intro music you can find him at the miller chat on instagram uh and twitter and you can find me on social media as the hoop man you can find my co-host arsen here as pax arsenica on twitter and twitch and luke where can the people find you the people can find me every week on the lukewarm games podcast on all major podcasting platforms. And then you can give me a follow on Twitter. I'm at lukewarm Lewis. And then my podcast is at lukewarm games. Very nice. Thank you everybody. Until next time. Keep gaming. Game on folks. <laughs>